that long day behind you. Good times lie ahead. With company worth keeping, then I'll bash a smile on your head. Come on in, the doors open, you'll find just the finest folks here. Pull up a chair, grab a drink, and let our stories your ear. Cause we're talking, talking, talking the tavern. Here you're always welcome. The talk, talk, talking the tavern. Promising beer and bedlam. The talk, talk, talking the tavern. Music, medicine, then some. The talk, talk, talking the tavern. Songs over. Okay, welcome to Talk of the Tavern. I'm Travis Sivart, and tonight my vices will be a Savinelli pipe with C&D Autumn Evening tobacco and some Henry McKenna bourbon. Uh, due to popular demand of viewers and hosts of the show, Rachel has returned. What are your vices tonight? Intro yourself. Hey Travis, I'm Rachel Morley, author of Let There Be Fire, and my advice tonight is just ice water, because it is still 90 degrees here in Southern California. Andrew, what about you? Andrew, are you muted? Yeah. Well, I was muted. So, I have White Castles and hot tea. What kind Those of, are my advice. What kind of tea? What do you got? Hmm? What kind of tea? Um, it's cinnamon vanilla. Nice. What yeah. about you, Ed? What have you got tonight? I am drinking Found Another Gold Rock, made right here in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia, Imperial Cider. It's good. What? What's the Imperial part? Is Imperial an apple? I don't know. Oh, it might Educate be. me. Somebody else. I'm not Somebody smart enough to educate you. I don't feel like Googling it. I would assume it's a type of apple. Yeah, that would make sense. And it uh, looks like Brie has Diet Coke for her vices. And as for the topic tonight, we're going to talk about Bring Them Back Alive. So between Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, and things they're doing to start bringing back extinct species, not just dinosaurs, but also some, you know, very basic species or endangered species that aren't quite gone yet they're they're making incredible strides and it looks like it's going to become a possibility very soon if not already happening but is it a good idea anybody i'm going to correct you on one spot travis is that these species are anything but basic okay <laughs> How so? It's a joke with like saying you're basic. Oh, but... I'm sorry. I'm all old. <laughs> I'm not hip to that jive, yo. We don't know if they're basic. We'll have to see what kind of purse they have when they finally get back. Mm -mm. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I was telling you guys about the chubby unicorn situation. Right. You want to repeat it for everyone else, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For anyone who doesn't know what a chubby unicorn is, it is the very endearing term for a rhinoceros. And oh, the that wasn't what I was thinking. 
And the northern white rhino, if I remember, I think it's northern, not southern, um, is extinct. There are only two left in the species. They're both female and they're both infertile. So right now, uh, the San Diego Safari Park has been working vigorously to try and reverse the extinction, to try and bring them back. So should we? With all these species, I mean, whether it's now we had a few comments in chat. <clears throat> um, Bree says most likely they have the ability to do it, and they're not telling us. Trin says, "Why would you want the saber-toothed tiger back in the wild?" Bree says, "I don't think we should play with science." So, but there are certain points in the ecosystem that have been broken. For example, with heavy grazers such as the rhino out of the ecosystem. It throws off the whole balance. Um, there was something mm -hmm. as simple as them removing the wolves from Yellowstone changed the course of a river, literally. Yeah. Now, they weren't extinct. They were just taken out of that ecosystem. And then the eating habits of every other animal there changed. And they mm -hmm. overgrazed areas. The river shifted places, blah, blah, blah. So they reintroduced wolves and suddenly the balance came back and the river mm -hmm. didn't go back to where it was though. So, you know, rivers, what are you going to do? <laughs> so if something is going extinct, mm -hmm. is it because of human? Is it because of us? Then maybe, yeah, we should try to save it. If it's because of their evolution, Maybe it's time for that species to not be on Earth anymore. Well, for example, pandas. Adorable! I was going to say pandas, but they're like willfully trying to go extinct. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> they will yeah. roll over on their babies to get the food. They will eat yeah. instead of having sex and procreating. And we're like, we got to save them. Okay, we guys. We got to save the pandas. Yeah, th this one is not on us. Do we? Yeah, I kind of agree with Andre. If, um, if it's something, you know, caused by us, I think... Yes, the California condor, for instance, uh, mm -hmm. the white rhino, the dodo bird. The dodo bird was a little bird on an island in the Caribbean. When Europeans discovered it, they hunted it to extinction. And there was a tree on the island that was starting to be extinct. And they found out that when the tree dropped its nut, excuse me, um, the dodo birds would eat it. <laughs> But it wouldn't digest it, but it would soften the shell enough for this tree to be able to grow. So killing off the dodo bird was killing off this tree. They introduced turkeys to feed the nut to, and then they saved the tree. But yeah, if it's something we've done, I think we should perhaps do a little something to help it come back. Trent brought up a good one with the saber-toothed tiger. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, kind of the same for any. I mean, Go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, but I mean, like, I I already deal with mountain lions over here. So saber-toothed tiger is just like two kaijus going off to battle each other. Let them fight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there something that you guys would like them to see bring back? I mean. There's the environmentalist part of me that understands about the wildlife and how it plays a part in the ecosystem. And then there's the agricultural part of me that knows, especially with World War One and World War II, there was a lot of domestic livestock that was just 
loss. Either it was a casualty of war or it was extorted for meat or whatever else use that there was. And no one bothered to try and breed back the line. They didn't even really notice it was going extinct until it was too late. So there's those sides of me. But there's also the sci-fi side of me that when I'm reading this book, I'm like, bad plan, man. Bad move. <laughs> See, that's a really interesting point, though, about yeah. domesticate, uh, domesticated animals. And, you know, mm -hmm. a certain line, because last time we had you on the show, we talked about lines of livestock where you purposely mm -hmm. breed them to be more docile or, you know, more meat and all this sort of thing. Yeah. And not just you, but human beings for tens of thousands of years since we started domesticating animals. Mm -hmm. And if we have a good line of beef cows that go extinct for whatever reason, would that be good to bring back? Yeah. I mean, that also really depends, too, on um, what your demand is for meat versus what you can actually produce and hold. If you're... Uh, I don't remember which species it is, but there is a species of domestic cow that it is double-muscled. And I kid you not, it looks like... You know how Arnold Schwarzenegger and Hulk Hogan looked in their prime? Yeah. Be careful how you say that like, name. <laughs> but imagine these two giant muscle men, but cow version. And that's what it looks like. And it's, it's having a hard and hard time uh, maintaining the line because it's just, it's too much of an animal. Right. Uh, and it's it's hard and hard to keep them healthy and keep them sustained because there's so much uh, deformity in trying to create this ultimate beef. So I think it really comes back down to what is the demand for this animal, speaking domestically, not, you know, environmentally. And is it possible to safely sustain that animal? Like, I think can you do it without massive inbreeding, without having you know too much impact on where your agricultural space is. I definitely think we need to look at the environmental anytime we look at the domestic, because mm -hmm. the the one big thing they love to throw around the news is basically cow farts, methane in the atmosphere, <laughs> and as we produce more, which you know historically we never got this much beef in our diet mm -hmm. now at this point in our lives human beings are consuming more beef than we ever have at any point or any geographical location in history so yeah and i'm, I'm not saying i don't love it <laughs> i'm just yeah, saying a fair assessment for for the western hemisphere i think for western culture is right. we have consumed a lot of beef that's not necessarily true for the rest of the world. In a lot of South America, a lot of Asia, a lot of Africa, beef is something very, very rare, something very, very expensive. Right. Because they just don't have uh, anything to have, like a cattle farm to yep. produce beef. But so compared it, to 100 years ago, they still have a lot more yeah. access to it than they did then. That's, yeah. you just, yeah. yes. There's also, there's also the flip side that we've decimated the wild bison population. Mm -hmm. It is not remotely close to how it used to be just a hundred years ago. Mm -hmm. It has been so horribly reduced that you kind of start wondering like, well, are the cow farts actually in excess or has it balanced out because there's less bison farts? Good point. I'm going to live with that. <laughs> <laughs> 
is and so, that's go ahead, Andrea. I was gonna say, so what as a rancher, do you think mm. if they brought back the dodo bird, you could ranch it for meat? I don't know, honestly. I don't really know all that much about the dodo bird, to be fair. Like, it's never really crossed my mind other than, oh, you know, it's kind of like a funny little bird and, you know, it really seemed to serve a purpose, which apparently I was wrong about that because it ate that seed and then yeah. it softened the shell so the tree can grow. So And those Galapagos tortoises and iguanas mm -hmm. were able to make fun of it on the holidays. <laughs> but now that's gone. We've ruined a whole fucking society because... A goofy bird with a red bump on its beak. Um, from what I understand, they're they're flightless bird, slightly smaller than our modern wild turkeys. Yeah, definitely smaller than our domesticated turkeys that we get on Thanksgiving. We get a twenty-five pound bird, and <clears throat> okay, let's go crazy here. Yes. <laughs> Would we want to see? Just like one living dinosaur in a zoo somewhere. Like no mate, no frog DNA, so it can suddenly, you know, reproduce with itself. The inner child of me is like, yes, a thousand times, yes, 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 <laughs> dinosaurs. Please ask me my favorite dinosaur. <laughs> We're, I'm working up but to that. <laughs> having, seen, having seen every Jurassic Park movie, except for the most recent one, uh... Probably not a great idea because we we have not studied this animal in the wild, so it'd be like our first time, and then not knowing how to really deal with it, not knowing really how to keep it enclosed and healthy, and having right. all this knowledge, right. we just do not have it. No, so. it'd be a three-year experiment. Be everybody, what's that? And you know, and the knowledge to keep you know knowing how to keep it from killing everybody, but then again. If they do that, there's always that one person in the lab that's going to steal some of the DNA and sell it to the highest bidder. So there's yeah. no one. That's a fair point. We, we like, saw that how do you... Yeah. Right, Go on. Because oh. I was going to say that's a good point. That um, How do you stop someone from smuggling it out? Because it would become a very high-demand black market thing of like... Uh, like I'm between the cities of Hemet and Temecula right now, just like kind of give a geographical. It's like forever into the sticks, but you know, it's like a 30 minute drive to get to these cities. Anyway, there was a tiger that escaped someone's house and was just moseying down Old Town. And this is, this is pretty recently, it was like six years ago. Okay. It just like got out and started moseying. It's just someone who wanted to have an exotic pet. So. Going back to what Andrea was saying is that, you know, it would become a very high prize to smuggle this thing out and sell it on the black market. And what is to stop anyone from doing that? You know, you can have all the precaution in the world. Someone will find a way if they're that desperate. Yeah. And also, we've all seen uh, Pacific Rim and what they do with the kaiju bones. The same thing they do with rhinoceros horn or... or watermelon penis or whatever oh thank you Ed there appreciate those bits always nice to see but you know there's gonna be a market for parts ground up and put in 
you know, teas and mm -hmm. used for virility and were you raising your mm -hmm. hand? Did you have a comment? No, I was waving at Crow. Oh, I didn't want to interrupt. Nah, you shout over Maria. But yeah, there's definitely going to be a market. And I think the biggest worry of any of this, because bringing one of these animals back in something close to its natural environment from a million to 60 million years ago, which is impossible because the air conditions, the, the atmospheric conditions itself, it's just completely different yeah. from anything they dealt with. Because um, of all the cows and their farts. Right, right. Um, and actually, <laughs> you know, the... Yeah, let's just go with that. It's good enough example, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, but going back to what you were saying with like rhinoceros horns and things like that, we already have a problem with that with pangolins. That's not penguins, pangolins. Right. P a n g o l i n. Like it. An eater and an armadillo had a baby. Yeah, and it just turned into this cool little like pseudo dragon thingy that's socially awkward. Anyway, super adorable. Favorite animal. <laughs> But we have a huge problem right now that it is the most trafficked animal on the planet for those scales. And despite every effort, it's just so difficult to try and keep people from hunting and smuggling this little creature that is going extinct because there's this belief that their scales are some sort of medicinal cure-all. Right. It's mm. not. It's the same thing as your fingernails, but... That's you why I stay healthy. I eat my fingernails. There we go. I'll live forever. <laughs> the disgusting habit, people. Do not eat my fingernails. Anyhow, moving on. It's. Uh, I can be. Don't poked. tell them that. You can clip off your fingernails, put it in a bottle, what? and just say to just wear it around their neck. Was there really a woman selling her jarred farts and making fifty k a week? I saw a meme of a cosplayer done up like uh, the Joker from the Joker movie. And the title was me getting ready for work after hearing about a woman bottling her farts and selling it for 50K a week. It, it wouldn't surprise me. And, and Bree says, I heard I about that. There was a market for farts. <laughs> I know. I know. I could have been making bank. <laughs> wow. I could have hired someone to do all my home repair. <laughs> <laughs> Paint them with parts. <laughs> wow. You want it fresh or canned? <laughs> it's worth more if it's fresh. I'll get the burritos. <laughs> Would you like that filtered or unfiltered? Warning, there could be... Anyhow. I guess I'm just free. You can money pictures. Oh. Hold on, gotta let my Especially if they're up in the air. <laughs> so I was left us. Is he farty? Wait, 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 wait. Someone was saying in chat that you can make money off of feet pictures. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know if you guys know this, but I have extremely cute toes. So there's there's all this creepy part of the internet I don't Let know see, about. Uh... I'm too busy being outside. I should have been on the internet looking how to exploit my toes. Well, you can do that after the show. <laughs> so don't think I might. 
I suck on them, you know. Yeah, like the episode before you came on last time, we had a whole show about that sort of thing. <laughs> show them to me. Would you pay for pictures of somebody's feet, though, Ed? Fuck no. <laughs> then again, I'm one of those guys, I'm like, I, I wouldn't pay for a picture of boobs, either. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're free on the internet. The Another topic for another show. Here's the thing as well is that I've spent most of my life in Southern California. Flip-flops are worn nine months out of the year. Everybody can see everybody's toes. So I don't, so I never dawned on me that like you can make money on this. Like, who are you people? Where are you? Are you in Canada? Yeah, you freaks come out at night. <laughs> are you in Canada? Somewhere where you wouldn't be wearing flip-flops. <laughs> it's been so long since I've seen toes. <laughs> I'm obese, can't even see my own, and nobody wears flip-flops. Goddamn Eskimo weather. <laughs> now we know. <laughs> Here I am, trying to sell books. I should have been selling pictures of feet. Hey, there you go. You just make a bookmark with your feet on it. You or just be like, here's a book and... Several books of just feet. And hurry up before they go extinct. Your feet? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and you can fart on each book for it. <laughs> 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 Smells different from my feet. That's extra. It's, uh, yeah. No, that's that's the collector's edition. Is you can have it either in toe jam scent or fart scent. How did we get to this topic? <laughs> Brie now wants you to make a candle scent of farts of Rachel. <laughs> I wouldn't want that candle unless if it made the noise too. Then I would buy a dozen and gift them to candles, people. Though. They have joke candles where it says like you know it's vanilla bean, and then like for like the first five minutes that's lit, that's exactly what it smells like. And then it'll smell horrible afterwards. <laughs> I couldn't do that to anybody I like. But I could give it to the mean lady at, you know, the grocery store. Merry Christmas. You deserve something for your hard work. <laughs> Karen. I've already told you, I think, um, elsewhere, not on the podcast, but the way that I get to cut in front of a lot of lines is because I always bring gifts around the holidays right. to like the UPS girls to like the managers at the supermarket that I frequent because they're like small family owned or like that's their branch, whatever uh, it is. I have a question. Are you sure that's why it is not because you're wearing those tank tops? <laughs> Just checking here. Cause I need to know if I need to give gifts or get better shirts. Better shirts, Travis. <laughs> sure. Travis. Okay. Just go and wearing a mankini. Just see. Let's let's do this social experiment right now. Bree wants to buy me one. <laughs> he was looking at pictures. Do it. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Then I could do a whole Twitch podcast in my mankini. <clears throat> I feel like I would have to. Just, Good. Here's what you do. You just start vlogging your social experiments, starting with the mankini. Have some social experiment. <clears throat> I don't think I could go in the Tappahannock. I don't think I'd be safe wearing a kilt in this podunk town I live in, let alone a mankini. And again, 
Might be surprised. But that's how you make money. I still live in Southern California. If I just go anywhere wearing a French bikini and like no shoes, they're just gonna tell me I have to wear flip flops before entering the store. That, that's it. <laughs> there's no, there's no social order for it because that's just normally how we dress. It's just, ah, it's always beach weather. It's always hiking weather. You know. So what's the difference between a French bikini and a regular one? Cost? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot less. See, I thought she meant the French one-piece bikini, and I was like, okay. <laughs> Is that just bottoms? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's the bikini. You know, it's French because every time you walk by, somebody goes ooh la la. <laughs> you just carry around the baguette everywhere you go. Just make it really on the nose. Oh no, they bring the baguette. <laughs> you just bring the bikini. Okay. Uh... What's this show about? <laughs> we were talking about something serious. We had we had good points. And favorite dinosaur. Going off. What's your favorite dinosaur, Rachel? My favorite dinosaur is the plesiosaur. It's just like a little bronchosaur, but like with steel arms. It's great. It's cute. Wait, a little brontosaurus with steel arms? No, it like if you had the neck of a bronchosaurus and then you had like the body of like a soft shell turtle and like little seal flippers, that's what it is. Oh, essentially. Do you know a brontosaurus doesn't actually exist? I know. That makes no, it doesn't sad. actually exist. But I saw it in Jurassic Park. No, that's a Brachiosaurus. <laughs> but they are now naming a different species Brontosaurus. Because that's not confusing. Well, no. I mean, it's still, it's it's like an offshoot. You know, kind of like we had pterodactyls and they don't exist anymore. They're all pterodons now. And what happened to the pterodactyl? Were they like, caught behind the gym smoking or something? And <laughs> And Pluto's not a planet, again, so, hey. You know what happened? They all had dirt on a certain politician and had to go into witness protection. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> Donald Trumposaurus. <laughs> <laughs> or no, wait, it was the uh, Clintonsaurus that you had to hide yeah. from in that way. <clears throat> what was the other one that, um, there was something. Right, right, right. Because you had a bunch of paleontologists who were upset at the first Jurassic Park movie that the velociraptors were way too big. Yeah. And then a year after the movie, they found a raptor. The Utah that size. raptor. Right. The right. Raptor, yeah. Because the actual velociraptors were the size of turkeys. Yeah. But Utah raptors, I have them in one of my books. <laughs> um, so I did a bit of research on that. And the only reason I know about brontosaurus is couple months ago we did a podcast and i researched that yeah remind me travis where can we get your books so we can read all about the utah raptor <laughs> and you want to look for journal of a stranger volume two beginnings which that's the character that ties the whole traverse reality together through the sci-fi fantasy steampunk and more so yep travisivar.com or just Google me. You find me in all kinds of stores. Even local bookstores, if you request it, now available. So, <clears throat> well, at least the first three of portals. Okay. So let's wrap up this topic. But let's 
give a quick recap. If we could genetically engineer and clone extinct species, mm -hmm. should we? And what guidelines should we use? Or whatever else you want to talk about. It's your recap, guys. Ed, you're giggling. You want to throw your two cents in? I don't think we should, as I said, unless it's something that we feel like we caused its extinction. But if nature just ran its course, let it go. Although I think it'd be really, really super cool to see a woolly manly. I've always wanted to see a woolly manly. We did hunt them to extinction, though. If you want to see the woolly mammoth, I'll just, like, turn on the camera first thing in the morning when I wake up. So. <laughs> promises, promises. <laughs> that is a stream you would get a large audience for. <laughs> but I'm kind of with you on that, Ed, that if it's something that we've done, that we probably should try and make things right. And... I think the guideline for that would be other than, hey, we did this and we need to undo the damage we've done to probably start with the most recent and then work our way back. So it's not like a shock to the environment and it's just mm -hmm. like a great process. But like, what do I know? I'm not an environmentalist. I just do this for funsies because the world is interesting. Andrea? Um, bring back the dodo. Little bird. There we go. And a couple comments in chat is Maria says, I just want to see a dodo and also agrees with maybe things that were recently extinct, like the black rhino. I think there is plants that we need to look at before animals. And I think we need to get our shit straight oh God, with food distribution before we ever look at bringing anything else back. When we can't even support our own society, because we're distributing and destroying crops in horrible, horrible ways, we're just not smart enough to mess around with this other shit. That's my fault. I mean, it's it's like with the bananas, that every banana that you buy now is not the same banana as it was you know, 70 years ago, because that died off from a blight. Yep. Okay. We're going to catch you on the next show, guys. <laughs>